0: It's time for Running Building, the game, the, building game, the
1: game, with Jason and friends, and for tabletop it's at the end of the episode, that's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, April 24th, and you're listening to episode 569. As always, I am your host, Jason, here today joined by a returning guest an awesome game designer, a person from the BTG Discord. That person is Emily Vincent. Welcome. Hello. Renowned designer of Knitting Circle, which is a game that got a lot of talk at Unpub and on the Twitters. Yeah. And I guess people heard that on the Unpub episode as well. So, you know, there's that.
0: (laughs) That's true. I hadn't been on Twitter since 2012, and now I'm on Twitter. I'm back on Twitter. It's great. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, I tend to take breaks from things. In fact, there are like probably 6-month spans where the only thing I post on Twitter is uh the podcast link every <laughs> I tweet that the podcast was published, which really doesn't even matter because it's not like people are like, "Oh, whew, he tweeted now, I know I can go download this." Like anyone that <laughs> listens to the podcast uh routinely probably just auto downloads it on some downloader thing. So I don't think it's doing anything for anyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm struggling with how to how to Twitter because I was I have a decent Instagram process. Uh, not even process, mm-hmm. but like I post on Instagram every now and then. And so I keep sort of being like, oh I have this video. I should post this video on Twitter. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not what Twitter's for. I don't know what Twitter's for. So
1: yeah, yeah. You can post like I mean I link to videos sometimes especially if i've got like a game pitch video and i'm like hey let's find a publisher like i'm just gonna t- I'm just going to tweet about this and hope the right person sees it my my very you know specific pitching process hey does anybody want to play this game and publish it <laughs> i mean it, it seems it doesn't to be generally effective. work <laughs> it's not effective okay <laughs> sometimes sometimes i don't think i've ever signed a game no i've never signed a game doing that for sure um yeah mm nope yeah hard pass that, that hasn't worked <laughs> so <laughs> but i know other people that have i know other people that have been like oh check out this game and then people are like "Ooh, that looks interesting so it can happen it can definitely happen yeah uh, yeah so what have you been up to
0: um i well i actually just got back from a business trip earlier today and i'm uh i'm tired because i stayed up too late last night making a spreadsheet for a game for knitting circle yeah. Uh, because I came up with what I think is definitely going to be the fix that I need for my scoring. And I have not play tested it, but I was so excited that I made a full spreadsheet of it until like 1130 at night. And that was choices were made. <laughs> that's way. <faster laughs> <my day. laughs> well,
1: that's uh, yeah, that's tough. You get those moments of inspiration, right? Where you're trying mm-hmm. to figure something out, you know, it's like yeah. that, uh, it's that mean girls moment, you know, the limit does not exist. And then you're like, I have to do this right now. It's, it's just, yeah, there's no way out of it. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, it's, I oh, go ahead. Yeah. No. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't usually make spreadsheets
0: so far in my game design game design process. I, uh, I don't know, I, I do a lot more by feel. Uh, but this was the first time I felt mm-hmm. really inspired. That like, oh, I just know exactly how I want to make that spreadsheet, and I'm going to see what the spread is like and the distribution, and I'll, I'll really understand if this is a good scoring approach. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Mm-hmm. I, have, I don't. I'm not sure I've figured it out yet. But it was fun to make.
1: <laughs> I will always endorse designing by spreadsheet, um, just because I think it's it's such an effective way to like. Because I used to not, I used to do it sometimes, but I used to be like, okay, I've got my ex- my. Word doc open, I'm gonna fill out these cards, some text on these cards with information. And then it would come time to review them because it'd be like, oh, that didn't work. What was wrong? And I'd have to go back and look at all that manually and try to figure it out. And mm-hmm. with the spreadsheet, I can just say, okay, this is balanced enough for now. Or it's a really good place to put ideas and compare ideas. Cause it's not like, oh wait, two pages later, I have a card that sounds like that, right? You know, mm-hmm. I can just kind of use it as a as a way to reflect on it. But uh, sometimes I feel like, you know, people say like working on your graphic design is not working on your game, which is not fully true. But like the the intention of that was that if you're designing, if you're trying to design a game and you stop working on it and you just keep focusing on like getting the graphic design perfect for your prototype or doing a bunch of art for your prototype or the things that like aren't actually designing your game, right? Those are kind Mm -hmm. of like a way to not work on your game. And I think that you're still working on your game, but you're not finishing the design part that has to get done and and I think I use spreadsheets that way too, like as a stalling tactic to be like, "You know, I could add some formulas in to auto calculate all this stuff for me, and then I do it, and I'm like that literally told me what I already knew, but if I have to change anything, oh, it's gonna just auto sum all of it. it's gonna be great, <laughs> and then I don't ever have to change anything and it was a complete waste of time um but it allowed me to stall in the process. But I was going to say last night actually was one of those epiphany nights for me where like I was laying in bed. I'd given up for the day. Like, cause I like 1130 would be a really early bedtime for me. Like, I mean, not really, early, but I go to bed around 1230 or so because I make poor choices uh, routinely uh, when it comes to sleep. And so I was laying in bed and I'm working on this, this game idea that I, I just couldn't get out of my head. It wasn't one that I talked about before where I'm purposely keeping in my head trying to work on it. This was one where I was like, okay, I need a spreadsheet to track this thing for this journaling game. And I started to work on the spreadsheet and I was like, no, this is, that's, this is not going to work. Like I need a simpler way. And, and I was like, you know, oh, how can I do this? And then just laying in bed, I just kind of like had this picture in my head pop up of it's trying to track distance that you're traveling as a character. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I can literally just like. Because I was like, if you travel, you know, each day you travel so far, right? And I was like, if you're traveling this far in a day, how do I know when you like what you see, right? Because, you know, when Emily's playing it, she may choose to only travel 20 miles in a day, and maybe I go 30 because you're making different choices in the game that drive that. Well, I don't, if we both see the same thing on the next page, right, then that's stupid because we walk different distances. And I want the game to feel more customized. And it occurred to me that I can literally just put like a mileage track on the side of the page. Mm -hmm. And until you fill that track, you don't get to flip the page. And it Uh... might take you two days in the game and it might take me three or one. And there are, you know, bonus and consequences for both of those things. But that's when I get to flip the page. And then it literally puts the tracking right on the page. Um. And I don't have to like, have you write in separately, like, okay, so overall, I've went 70 miles. It's just there, like, at the top of the next page, it starts at 70, because that's how far you had to get to get to this page. And you have to get to 100 to get to the next page. And um, see, so that was where if I'd sat there all night and made a spreadsheet, it actually would have detracted from what I was actually trying to do. Now, I'm going to make a spreadsheet. But I have armed with the information, like you were, right? You said I have an idea. I think it's going to work. I need to put it on a spreadsheet to make it make sense. And now I'm finally to the point where I'm like, now I understand how this has to work. I can make a spreadsheet to help me do that. So
0: yeah, yeah. yeah I think preemptive spreadsheets or too early spreadsheets are, mm-hmm. uh, at least for me, a, a big challenge and a big distraction. Um, in part because I I think I have a bad habit of being like the scoring is kind of inconsequential. Like you can always change the numbers later. You can, you can, yes. (laughs) Um, So I just put down something, but that's actually the thing that I'm now sort of running head into on on Knitting Circle is like, ah, the scoring is actually driving a lot of the behavior.
1: (laughs) Very consequential. (laughs) But but you're not (laughs) wrong though, right? In the first part of a game design, just, you know, you're really trying to see does the core mechanism work in something like knitting circle? It, it, you know, I've not played it, I've seen stuff about it, but like to me, as a person who's looking at it, the thing that matters most is what does it feel like to complete those to build to, to knit, right? To put those yeah. pieces down, how do they work? What drives me to do that? That's what matters, right? And if that's right. fun, and it's been proven to be fun. Uh, now the other stuff you're like well i gotta get my crap together on that because you know this is working this core mechanism works now i have to make the, the rest of the game work right
0: yeah yeah no absolutely so this was i was like all right it's time to time to really focus on it and i came up like three days ago no a week ago came up with a different scoring method i was like this is it nailed it and i took it to a, a play testing and it was it was truly cursed, right? Everyone's like, like it incentivized all the absolute wrong behaviors. But that was the moment when I was like, ah, right. Scoring drives behavior. What behavior do I want to drive? Right, right. <laughs> Let me be kind to that.
1: And that can be tough, right? Because you can end up, you know, my, Kelly and I are working on this right, and write. And, um, and as we were working on it, we were ba- balancing the scores so well that i was okay we want all these to be pretty even so you know like there's not like an optimal path so we we balance the scores really well and then we're looking at it and i'm like wait a minute it literally doesn't matter what you do right like it doesn't matter like because we we're like well if there's you know there's two types of scoring there's like a there's four colors you're going to score three of them will be scored based on numbers you put in a row and then the last one will be scored based on the columns in every of of across your five of your three rows. There's five slot five columns. One of them will score five columns, the other one will score the rows. And we were so concerned about making it balanced that in the end, I was like, literally, it doesn't matter what you pick. So so we'd be like, okay, well, if the row was really powerful in this, then let's make the the global, the the column scoring not as powerful. And I was like, wait, that's stupid. Now Everybody always it drives them to always do the things. So instead, what we had to do was balance it to say, this color is a better color to score, right? Mm-hmm. So like y- it is easier to score a slightly lower number in the column scoring, or you can work harder to score a higher number of that color. But you kind of have to look and say, okay, how am I going to do this? So there's another one where the row scoring is, is easy. You have to have odd numbers. That's it. You just need odd numbers. And that's so easy to do. And so it's not worth a lot of points, but when you look at the column version of it, it is harder and will score you more points, but Mm. you can't do all of the hard stuff. You have to have some of them be easier. And so you can pick and choose. And then we added in a thing where like getting all the way on a certain color will give you a bonus to the column scoring of a different color. So that you kind of like, it's driving you to say one of these I have to maximize and I can maximize more than one, but that's a waste you know but i have to get all of them to a certain point or i can't even earn a score for them and um and so it's working pretty well now but uh it's um it is interesting we, like you really have to consider like you just said what behaviors is that scoring driving right because it will people will follow it for sure
0: yeah and the the particular folks who are like i'm gonna optimize my score right as soon as they start looking at the scoring they're just sort of like well it's always i should always make rainbow long johns and a solid sweater right and and so like the whole game just Mm -hmm. sort of goes on rails
1: once they've figured out the you know right
0: the optimal path
1: there can't always be an optimal choice right? right well i mean that's not true there can't always be an obvious optimal choice in most games there's always going to be an optimal choice at every turn. Right. It's just Mm -hmm. how obfuscated is that, (laughs) you know, how easy is it to just be like, Oh, there it is. Right. You know, that's the choice. Right. You know, you know what you
0: should do, but you don't have the pieces to do it. So what's your, what's your fallback. Right. Right.
1: Right. Or I can do this, but that's going to penalize me in this other way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's this game I'm working on the journaling game with the walking. It's, you know, it's based around, like, if I make these choices to do these things, then I will not get as far as I need to get, which will eventually end the game if you don't get if you, you know, eventually the game will end because you will not be able to walk far enough and the game will end. Um, and so, so, yeah, it, it's it's about those choices of the other things you need to do in those times um, and when you want to do them and when you want to take those opportunities and and there is not necess- there's not necessarily an obvious optimal choice on those right it's very much how you feel with it and with a solo game like that it's it's so much more freeform right like it's mm-hmm. i can make it all about player's feelings and their choices rather than their score right cuz it's got yeah. nothing to do with how many miles you get at the end of the game it's the experience you had and the choices you made while getting those miles and uh yeah nice so. Oh um, well, I look
0: forward to seeing it when it's uh when it's thanks. Ready. yeah, I
1: I I'm having this point. I brought this up on the call recently, and this is not our topic, but I just want to throw it out there. Um, I'm really struggling right now with I'm working on these solo journaling games, and I'm struggling, like I'm I finding that I'm getting to a stopping block on each of them as I kind of work through different ideas. And it's getting really, really disheartening that I keep hitting points where I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Like now, I'm just not sure what to do uh, to make this next next part be meaningful and work. Um, and that's tough because, like, I know what I wanted to do, but I'm struggling with how to achieve that because it's different than just a board game, right? They're both mm-hmm. super difficult, but there's one that I've been doing for 11 years <laughs> and have <laughs> some knowledge about how it works, and there's another one that I'm very new at um, and struggling more with. So. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's been really, really frustrating and I'm trying to work through it, you know, I'm trying to get one game across the finish line to kind of build that confidence to then step back and work on the next that's already partway done, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, is it something that, like, having, you know, having some other people sort of play whatever you've got and sort of push through and sort of be like, oh, yeah, no, I could see where this is headed, right? I I don't know, right? I sometimes find that just getting someone else to do a little bit of my brainstorming for me unlocks, right, right, unlocks a block right. in my head that I was not able to see past, even if it's, you know,
1: crazy outside the box thinking, right? Yeah, um, it, that's not a bad idea. I Unfortunately, I feel like I'm at the point with these where I'm not actually, like, I could explain to people what it was, what's going to happen in the game. And I, I what I have, I pretty consistently got a, that's super cool now i have to make it work um and you know it's just again it's not just hard set rules of like do this do that right i mean there there is that and there's just some basic math of like if i make this choice this happens if i make that choice that happens but then it's also trying to guide people to say like i want to see what's most important to you in this choice right like is mm-hmm. your goal in this game in this game in particular to get as far as you can to just full on distance or is it to enjoy the trip? Um, you know, or is it to try? I mean, those are, I think those are two of the bigger choices in the game of do I just push through and get as far as I can and play the game as long as possible or do I, and I think it, it's built into the game so that at some point you will, you'll have to quit. Um mm-hmm it's just whether or not you'll get all the way there and if you end up skipping 10 pages to the end because that's the part where you ended the game that's not bad right like i don't want people to think like i have to make it to the end because you don't um you know and it's about exploring more within yourself with this kind of game than it is with the score you get does that make sense yeah
0: yeah well i mean as you're saying that right i the thing that pops to mind is that That's like literally two different types of people, right? The who goes on a road trip and like stops at every ball of yarn and, you know, T-Rex statue that they can find and who is like, I am going to California and I will get there as fast as humanly possible, right? Right? Um, Exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's such an interesting, I feel like you just get incredibly different feedback just based on like who the people you're talking to are and how they would approach something like that, right? What's their
1: yeah, what's their go-to motive, right? Right, I agree. And in this game too, uh, without going into too much detail about it, like the stakes are much higher than I'm on a road trip, right? That's kind of yeah. the point. Like, and you know how the game's going to end when you start the game. Um, yeah. It's just about what's going to happen until that point. So, So anyways... Yeah, I'm just kind of stuck. And I, I do need to get to a point where I can just show somebody else and say, hey, play this, like, you know, play this and, and see what you think of what's here. And is this, you know, working for you? Um, Yeah, yeah. So I do yeah. need to do that. That's a really good point.
0: All yeah. right. I, I find if I can get out of my own my own way and my own head, uh, even right, if right. even if the advice people give me is not where I need to go, <laughs> it's good to hear. Right.
1: It is. In, in sometimes just that advice from outside of someone, like the number of times when I've gotten what I would, you know, what most people would consider unhelpful feedback, where it's like, this is not what I want out of the game, yet still that has resonated in some other way that I've been like, oh, but I could do this, right? I mean, we've had right. those moments, right? Where somebody's like, you should change this in the game. And you're like, no, but now that you save it, <laughs> I could do this other thing. It's way better than that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So you brought a cool topic. This was not the topic. You brought a cool topic to talk about uh, that included fancy words for how you explained the topic to me. So uh, yeah, I'm going to let you introduce the topic. Go for sure. And
0: I actually, as I was as I was preparing for this topic, I did a quick Google search and realized I was using the wrong fancy words. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> there's a difference between maxima and maximum. Um, where one is more than one and one is just one. Uh, so what I wanted to talk okay. about is um, when you hit a local maximum um, where, you know, the only way forward is backwards. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess, I guess I'll start with, you know, like, are you familiar with the term local maximum or is that just a, is that an Emilyism?
1: <laughs> I was not familiar with the term. And I, now that you say that, actually when I searched local maxima, I do realize the thing I clicked on said local maximum, um uh, <laughs> so yeah yeah no but go ahead yeah i mean like that idea like i was very familiar with the idea of like when you hit a point where that's it like you got to go backwards now like but um like in a technical sense no i was not familiar with that term um or you know like is that originally like, it's like a math thing
0: or i I ran into it in like computer science and algorithms Ah, and like artificial intelligence right but yeah it's definitely a math thing where you've got a you know a line right that's got lots of peaks but only one of them is the highest peak right right Um, so you might be at a peak but i mean I, i think of it as like you're on top of a hill you're like i just worked so hard to get up to the top of this hill and you look over and like there's a mountain next to you Right. And the only way mm-hmm. to get to the top of the mountain is you got to go back down the hill and then you got to go up the mountain.
1: Right. 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 And in for reference for people like looking at these charts, like it starts at a point you go down to what's called the local minimum. Then you would go up to a local maximum and then you would then you have to go back down to then go up to. Yes. The what it what it referred to as like the global maximum. So it's right. not like in, on the chart. It's not like you're turning around. Like you have to go back down, you know, it's climbing down to go back up. Yeah. And the mountain is actually a great example. Like you get to a, like a false peak and then you're like, Oh, now I have to go down this Valley to this other piece to get up the real peak that was hidden behind here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That, and uh, I... that sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think I kind of think about design space in a sort of like 3d graph right so it's like a big Mm -hmm. mesh fabric so it it, to me a design space looks like hills and valleys right in my head Mm -hmm. um and so so yeah when you find yourself up at the top of one of those um it feels great for like a moment and then you're starting to like all right i'm 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 gonna make it better it's still got some problems right and you suddenly realize that every change you're making just makes it worse
1: (laughs) right Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's tough because, I mean, I think this happens in games, especially where you're getting like the, the typical feedback, like, or this like super dangerous feedback, I think that we get as designers a lot is the one more thing. Like Mm -hmm. it just needs something else. It just needs one more thing. Like your game needs one more thing. Um, And that can be true, uh, but it can also be extremely not true and I feel like when you look at a game that needs something, it either needs something or needs a tweak or it needs another thing. And when, you, when you're when you looking at that, it can be really deceiving, like the game. Yeah. You're like, what does it actually need? And so I think that a lot of feedback, even from super smart people, can be this needs something else. Um, I uh, Rob, the former co-host of the show, had this happen for years with a game every publisher said oh, it needs one more thing. Oh, I needs one more thing. And then he finally showed it to a publisher and the publisher like this is perfect. Don't change anything. Like it clicked with them. It finally just clicked. Yeah. Now, did the game need one more thing? I don't know. That publisher didn't think so. All the players who were playing it didn't think so, but the publishers right. that he was showing it to felt like it did. Um so so it's tough, right? To like to know does it need something else or do you need to rethink some pieces, right? Which that's the return, right? Where you just got to kind of backtrack.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, um, it, it, to me, it's so hard when you're sort of at this point where I, I, I think for me, I start to recognize it when the feedback I'm getting from playtesters stops making sense. Um, it, and it's sort of like, you've got someone saying like, I think it needs one more thing. And you've got someone else being like, I think you have too many things, right? And right, someone else right. being like, this font choice was really distracting, right? And and you're just sort of like, <laughs> you're like, okay, none of this makes any sense because nobody can put their finger on what's right. wrong because it's pretty good, right? It's a playable right. game. It's fun. It's not overtly broken in any sort of way, you've probably spent a bunch of time, you know, tweaking the scoring points uh, for different things and, like, getting the actions Mm -hmm. just right, right? You've done a bunch of iteration, and you've, like, polished this thing, and you're, like, cool, did I just polish, like, the little hill, or did I polish the mountain, right? And and for me, right, that question of, am I at a local maxima, or maximum, or am I at, the global maximum which is just not that high right like maybe this is not a very right. good game
1: and this is as good as it's gonna get right that's a factor that i didn't even think about that is an excellent point where you're like is this the best this game is going to be because this game is just not good yeah gosh that's <laughs> i didn't even think about that that way that is actually kind of depressing <laughs> because you're like oh or the game is just bad
0: <laughs> yeah there's just no way no way out from here so i like to think of it um optimistically right because i mm-hmm. i think i do think of this huge 3d space that we're navigating right and so i'm kind of mm-hmm. like this is the best it can be with the choices that i have made so far right i made these choices mm-hmm. i am <laughs> this is what we're living right, right. Um, and there are other choices that might be radically different that would make it different right Um, Or maybe they'll end up being very small changes that make it radically different. Um, But, you know, I think if I'm excited about the game, the exploration Mm -hmm. can be fun. It's an interesting puzzle of sort of how do you get from here to there when you don't know where
1: there is, but it sure ain't here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that um, this is where getting honest feedback is really helpful too. Um, you know, like I've showed games to people, like I I showed games, actually showed a game to, um, a designer a while back. This was gosh, five, six years ago. I showed a game to him and, uh, we played it and he was, yeah, you know, and he was really struggling with how to give me feedback on it. And he was like, kind of like you were saying, the feedback just didn't really make sense. And I said, man, I just need you to be honest about this game. Like be honest. And he said, "I, I think you have better games than this and i think you'd be better off working on those and i was like thank you like no one else has told me that yet and (laughs) and he was right like i had reached the global maximum on that game that was as good as it was gonna get without just tearing it to shreds and making it another game and and while i was bummed because i liked the idea i was also like thank goodness like i can just stop fretting about this game and just move on to something new because somebody finally said yeah, no, it's, it's just not that good. So yeah. that's where being honest. I think that side note to feedback givers, <laughs> you have to know if the player, if the, if the person wants that honest feedback or not. Right. And I think that it's on us as feedback givers to read the room on that. Um, There's this, this woman that I've met before. Um. And I I guess I haven't met her. I mean, I've said hi to her. But I've seen her at events, playtesting this same game over and over. And I'm not going to give any details about the game uh, because I don't want to give anything away. Not that I think anyone would know. This isn't a person that's known in the community or anything. But they have this game. And uh, it is a game of excess and too much with a theme that is... Uh, it, like think of it as just like a theme about friendly cats hanging out, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a very, very like low entry theme, super fun, super like everyone friendly. and then with these like ridiculous rules that are so confusing and so tough. And I've seen this person just having people play this game, like showing it at like play testing events and stuff. and that game is never going to get signed. It's never going to get published. Yeah. And I kind of think the person probably knows that. Mm-hmm. And like, I would never give them feedback that like this, this, you know, like, I, I think this is as good as this game's going to get or something like that, or in a much nicer way. But like, I, I don't, I would never, because yeah. that's not what they want to hear. Right. Right. They want you to play their game and have a good time and then be done with it. Right. And I respect that. Right. Because it's all about what you as a designer want. And I'm not here to crush anyone's dreams, you know? Um, Yeah. So I think it is important to know who you're giving feedback to and and what type of feedback they can take well. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And I I mean, I think the, you know, the part of your story that pops out to me is the sort of... um, iteration on that conversation, right? I'd love your feedback. Mm-hmm. Here's some feedback. I'm going to pull a little bit more on that feedback. Okay, here's some more. And then finally, like, hey, I'm looking for the <laughs> yeah. honest truth, right? I think I think that reading the room yeah. is a little bit of a, yeah. each of you are going to feel each other out. I, I have, right. Right. have unfortunately been witness to, you know, someone who just jumped right to the end of that conversation. Hey, what'd yeah. you think of yeah. the game? And just... Whoosh, Laid it all out on the line, and the poor designer, you could like see their heart in their eyes, right? Like, it wasn't expected. We hadn't hadn't done that dance yet,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah. And you can do that unexpectedly by just presenting too much feedback, right? Like, you can over give feedback when, you know, like, well, for one thing, when you over give feedback in a group setting, you dominate the feedback. I I had somebody do this for me, and poor Roscoe was there, and it was just the most awkward thing in the world. While we sat there for 20 minutes, while this person just went on and on, I'm pretty sure about the graphic design. Um, (laughs) After I started the game by saying, the graphic design sucks, I gotta fix this. Uh, And then also agreeing about seven times during the conversation that, yes, the graphic design sucks, let's talk about something else. And they just wouldn't let it go. Um, And like, so, so like, I think over giving feedback um, can feel overwhelming to people when you're like nitpicking stuff. Like that's the other thing is I feel like you kind of have to read the room of like how much feedback do they need, right? Like right. if the core mechanic is struggling and that could use a tweak, I'd much rather give them feedback on that than your scoring system isn't working quite right and you've got a bunch of typos on this and this graphic design's not really working. Like, let's just talk about the first thing that would help their game, right? right? Let's see if they're responsive to say, you know, this core thing is really interesting, but here's where I struggle with it and see if they're open to feedback. And if they are, great then see if you can give more. Do that dance, right?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a give and take.
1: So with the, but back to the whole local maximum thing, I know we kind of meander with this here because I, I it's hard, like feedback is so intertwined with it. I think that it's hard to not talk about that when you're talking about this. Like what, have you had some specific, any like real specific experiences where like you hit that point and you're like, ooh what am I going to do with this?
0: Yeah. So um, I'm definitely at that point right now with knitting circle, right. Where I'm getting mm-hmm. a bunch of feedback of people really like it. It's really fun. It's really good. Right. Um, but there's like a little bit that's starting to pop up of like, sometimes it feels like it's on rails or like it's missing right, right. something. Right. You know, what, what, how, ha- you know, there, there's some obvious choices that you should make and, um so you know it's a game I've been working on just since December and so Mm -hmm. it doesn't even feel like like I feel like I've hit a single local maximum right I sort of felt around in the dark found a hill climb got to the top of the hill did a great job but like I mean maybe I stumbled on the global maximum right up front uh but I for me I don't even feel like I've I've given the space a chance right
1: um, right, right well especially if you're saying things like it kind of feels like it's on rails like i'd say that is that's a red flag of like the game works right
0: mm-hmm. but
1: if the game if if you're if the players aren't having enough choices you know or not the right choices right and it feels like it's just on rails then yeah that is that's definitely not the global maximum right because if the game works and is good there should be a way to shake that up i would yeah think and at it-
0: least. Yeah, I think the core engine, right? The core mechanism is good. The puzzle works. It's just I haven't found the right objectives to incentivize, you know, fun, replayable replayable mm-hmm. behavior.
1: Um, in, I, I was going to say really quick, I think it's a really good point, like, with this analogy, with specifically with what you're describing in that game. Because what you're saying is I've built the game up to a point where it works well and people enjoy it and people are saying nice things about it. Um, you know, for real, like people are like, wow, this is really fun. I enjoy this. But when you get to that point, and you're like, but it's not it needs to it, it's broken still, right? It still needs to be fixed. Right. Literally deconstructing is the only the only option you have, right? Because it it's working. So you know, so it, it's you you kind of do have to take that step back and 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 you know, go downward with it, like on uh, you know, to the to the next to the next dip, and see what you're gonna do. I mean, I I feel like you can't rebuild it without tearing some of it apart, and that's hard because I don't know about you. Uh, I know you said you you've not been game designing for a super long time, but like I, even having done this for years, like I am always terrified that when I fix something, like okay, I'm gonna take this part apart to fix this other thing, that I'm going to take apart the thing that made the game magical, right? Yeah. (laughs) And then I'm just going to be left with the crap. (laughs) And like, well, that's way worse now.
0: Yeah, I think it, I mean, it feels terrible, right? Because it Mm -hmm. just, you had something that you had a bunch of playtests where people liked it, you had little tweaks, and then suddenly you're going to go into a period of every playtest is bad, right? They're all cursed, they're all they're all not fun. Right. Um, and, and it's so tempting to just go back to that thing that worked, uh, because it did work. Uh, but I, you know, for me, when I hit this point, cause I sort of have a, I just have like a gut feel of like, I feel like maybe I've, you know, I've peaked here and I need to try something different. So normally when I'm mm-hmm. making revisions for a play test, I change one or two things, right, and then hit the table again. When I feel like I've right, hit right. a local maximum, I change everything all at once. I'd throw the <laughs> whole
1: sink
0: in. I've like every idea I've had, every comment that people have made, I basically just rip it to shreds all at once because mm-hmm. it feels mm-hmm. more like pulling a band-aid off of like, let's just let's. Right. Let's do something that I know will make it bad, which is throw in 18 new ideas and take
1: out the core loop, mm-hmm. right?
0: This going to be right. great, right? Um, yeah.
1: And, and that's yeah. dangerous, right? Like you have to like save your files because you're probably going to go back to them, right? Oh,
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Version control all the way. This is why in Tabletopia, yeah. I have a setup that is like the good version that worked <laughs> and then a different right. setup
1: yes. that is chaos. That's smart. Yeah, I I do that too. Um, Because you never know what you're going to have to go back to. That's the nice thing, too, about Google Docs is it has all the versions. So even if you forget to be smart and save a separate version of it, which I've done more than once, uh, it's got your back. So that's nice. Um, But, yeah, it it is interesting because, you know, I always give advice to do A-B testing in general, right? Like whenever I'm mentoring people, I'm like, okay, so what you want to do is you want to change up to one good size thing. And then depending on how big that is and what it affects, you might be willing to change one or two very small things that are completely unrelated to that. Right. Mm -hmm. But that said, as you get more experience in design, I don't think it's bad to follow your guts, tear it to the ground and try again, because here's what might happen out of that. Right. Worst case scenario, was it bombs? You've wasted one play test but you've right. made yourself feel better that these 18 new ideas don't work, right? Yes. But what can also happen is you can say, okay, well, that sucked. But, hey, one of those 18 ideas uh, was interesting. I wonder how that would pair with the original mechanic. And then you go back and do that. And then you've saved yourself, you know, 14 playtests of playtesting pieces that you hated to get to that point. So uh, there's – well, I would always tell people to proceed with caution on that, right? um it is it, it's worthwhile too right if you have if you've got the guts for it and the wherewithal to be like all right let's just burn it to the ground and see what happens um i think as long as you know that that's what you're doing that's not a bad idea at all
0: yeah and you know i think in this most recent example it you know it went from being a little on rails to like a lot on rails which i thought i was like i'm coming in totally different gonna make it all different right? And and seeing it 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 crystallized i think part of the problem and why it was feeling that way um by mm-hmm. basically turning it up to 11 and i was like oh yeah. this is the little the little noise signal right. that's slipping in yeah. here yeah. Um, i you know i also see it as sort of you know again if you're thinking of that big 3d map of the design space this is how you just sort of pick up and like throw a dart at a different spot in the design space and like really Mm -hmm. get yourself out there um i i in my um i am a user experience designer um and Mm -hmm. in my education we talked about design and how you do a whole bunch of research up front to understand you know your users and their needs and things like that uh, because Mm -hmm. as soon as you start working you start making decisions that take you down different paths Right. And as soon as you get down a path too far, sometimes there's no way to design yourself from that path back to the right, right. path that you should have started on. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's the other thing that's in my mind when I just sort of burn it down and start again after saving copies of all my files. Right, <laughs> and right, right, right. right. Um, is, is maybe I need to go way back up the path and take a different fork
1: mm-hmm. early
0: on uh, yeah, because yeah. I've. I've I've taken the wrong path here
1: yeah so this reminds me of the very specific way that I play solitaire Mm -hmm. um on like my phone which is that I I play I only play solitaire apps that allow that every game is like verified can be won right okay Yep. like that's because I want to play solitaire and I want to win solitaire and so I make it like a puzzle to where like if I get to a point where I'm like, nothing plays anymore, then I will undo until I find a fork in the road, which is in solitaire is Generally, there were two of the same number uh, right. and I picked one. Right. And now i will pick the other and try and walk down that path. And it is an exercise in patience and frustration, but most of the time in the end uh, I can win. And, uh, and I did learn the hard way that you need to make sure you're using an app that only provides you games. You can win because otherwise you're really just going to get pissed off a lot. <laughs> where you're like why can't i win oh because it's unwinnable great that was a waste because then it takes the fun out of it right like i proved this was unwinnable great um that it reminds me of that but if i can like a so a story where this i feel like happened to me and i've talked about this on the podcast before um but this is probably new to you um and i think it's worth mentioning here I, i had a game i signed up with a publisher um and uh the game was called uh wow i don't remember what the game oh the game was called flood when i signed it uh and in the game you were trying to build uh you were basically in this valley um and you had like a a cabin in this valley um like you know wilderness cabin and over this valley was a flood was coming like the water was rising up over the side of this valley almost like it was a Mm -hmm. dam and when it hits the top of the valley it's going to flood down over a short time and if you have not turned your cabin into a boat, you will die. Okay. Um, and yep. so, so that's the setup of the game. It's a roll and write game with this cool drafting mechanic where you have like basically a long board with a bunch of uh, resources on it that are just cubes. And then you randomly populate it. And then you have a tool that's got a shape. So like, you know, like a um, a hammer would be shaped like a traditional, you know, like uh. Like a you know, like an axe actually is a better example, it would go up and then go over. So you've got that L. So they're all these Tetris shapes, right? Okay. Um, and the bigger the shape, the better the tool at harvesting, because you would actually take the shape of that tool and lay it on the piece on the on the resources and then take what you laid it on, right? Okay. so the better the the bigger the piece, the better it was at harvesting. But then you had to take that tool and you had to use it to build that turn too, because you're essentially sharing the tools with these other people. So The smaller the tool, the better you could build. And, you know, the more points you got, which kind of basically said, like, the more seaworthy your boat was going to be or, I guess, floodworthy your house was going to be. (laughs) But anyways, um, while you were doing that, like, so you had to you had you got two tools to turn and you had to kind of balance that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very simple. Like, I I loved it. And I sent it to this publisher and they were like, it's not enough. We don't like the theme. So we changed the theme to like building Viking boats. Uh, Which I dug like it was you're building Viking boats for like the flood that happens at Ragnarok and I was like that's really interesting so we started working on that and we just added so much stuff to it because they really wanted it to be a bulkier game and we added so much stuff and some of the stuff was cool some of the stuff I didn't care for but in the end they didn't care for the stuff that we added Um, Mm -hmm. we being myself and the publisher working together. And so they didn't care for it. And so they said, you know, I think we're going to not, I think we're going to let this expire. We're just going to move on. And I was like, okay, that sucks, but it happens. So so they said, but you can have everything from this game that we've done, all the development, you own it. So I take it all back. But now it's this game that I don't like, right? Because it's become this big kind of, it's not a bad game, but it's become this big, to me, big bloated game where it's got <laughs> way more than it needs. And we've added some cool stuff, but there's like a pillaging system and all these different things. And just, you know, it was literally like draft pieces, build stuff, draft pieces, build stuff. It was all about managing the tools to get the best boat. Right. Um, And and now because it's so far removed, I don't even know how to go back to the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. because that's what i have to do and like it reached its local maximum for the idea that it ended up being but i don't like that idea and so like i don't really care if there's a global maximum there right the local Mm -hmm. maximum is a game that i don't like anymore but i'm still enthralled with this core mechanic so like trying to turn around and do that dive down the mountain to say all right we're going to go into this valley and we're going to tear this to shreds it's part of me desperately wants to do. And the other part of me is like, I don't ever want to see this game again. Right. Um, and so for that reason, I've like tried to figure out like, who could I work with on it to try and give some fresh eyes on it? (laughs) Because like, I just want to set it on fire. But, um, and so it's, yeah, it it just like, that's one, when you brought up this topic, is the first thing that came to my mind was I was like, that game is a game that I would love to have done something with, but I haven't. And I, I mean, I got that game back, gosh, probably over a year ago, maybe two years at this point, and I really haven't done anything with it because I don't know how to tear it apart back to what it was, because it wasn't working with what it was, right? I mean, it was ah, it was okay. fun, but it wasn't. Either the core, the drafting, and the building was cool. It needed balancing. It's essentially what I thought we were going to do when they bought it, was make it balanced, uh, but instead we made it just bigger and different right mm-hmm. um it was more it became more of a loaded roll and right than just like a standard roll and right like it had a lot of facets to it um so anyways yeah that i like so that kind of thing i think is really difficult right and i don't think you want your game to get to that point if you can avoid it because that's where it's hard to come back from you know
0: yeah i i think that you know that bloat right and not not that I'm calling your game bloated
1: right but the way I I would I would it's okay yeah it's it's,
0: you know the way we stick things on right it goes back to all of the you know kill your darlings you know cut five things then mm -hmm. cut two more right um right right right, right. all all of those phrases right which is that in general the more simple you can make it the more straightforward right the the more I don't know just like I love it when you have a game that you're like, it's just so concise, right? It all flows together. There's those are the hardest games to design. You know, oh yeah, right? It's the it's the whole, right, if I'd had more time I could have written you a shorter letter. Right. I, it's just it's right. so hard. Right. It's so hard to uh to get things to be that elegant, right? But I I think mm-hmm. for me, the only way to get to elegant is to go big and then Chop down, right? I have to do divergent right, thinking right. before I can come back to convergent thinking. Um, mm-hmm. And and so, you know, I do a lot of, I do a lot of creative things. Uh, I was mentioning earlier before we started, right? I'm, I'm a singer and a songwriter. I'm a, mm-hmm. a circus artist, an amateur circus artist. Um, I'm a designer. Uh, well, I'm a manager in my day job, but I'm a designer. And so I'm it doesn't feel good, but I'm quite comfortable with the idea of like I'm going to throw that thing out that I just spent a bunch uh-huh. of time on right right. Like, right. <laughs> sentimentality, right. forget it, right? Just get it out of yeah. here.
1: That's um, good for you, first of all, that's an impressive list of things. But good for you to be able to do that because I, I find that incredibly difficult um to throw out ideas or things. i'm I'm pretty good now about being like okay i had this game had this and i loved this and saying it doesn't work anymore and just cutting it i can do that pretty much but when it comes to saying like this project was going to do this and now i needed to do that i'll just just stop working on the project uh and work on something else uh um, yeah. and i don't like that about me but it's um sometimes i think it's what i need to do and other times i think i use it as a crutch to because it's easier you know
0: yeah well and i mean the other truth is right ideas are everywhere right and we can't work on all of them and if right. putting oh, it aside definitely. is uh you know a part of your process right i i think that right. that makes sense right. i mean i've i've just dove in yeah dove that's the right tense of that to game I'm pretty
1: design sure
0: it's in, I've <laughs> dived it <in>. yeah um <laughs> to game design in the last year right and i uh I, you know, listening to a bunch of podcasts and stuff, and uh, someone says something of, like, you know, your first five games are going to be terrible. And so my approach was, cool, I'm going to design them all at the same time to get them out of my system. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Whereas I know there's lots of right. people who, like, they they need to focus, right? They need to have that thing and be, you know, rolling it around in their head. And and I'm a little bit like, ah, I'm unhappy with this one right now. I'm going to go think about this other one for uh, mm-hmm, for the day. Mm-hmm. Um. So... Yeah, but, you know, I say, I, I will just give the disclaimer. I say I'm really comfortable and confident in cutting things, but, like, ah, there are some pieces of my games right now that, like, I, you know, my head is telling me, you need to cut that. It's not going to fit. It doesn't work. And my heart is like, but no.
1: <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah. That and I, that's That's tough, yeah.
0: Yeah. I yeah uh, I have I have this pirates game, uh that's about pirates in a baking contest and pirates of the high teas. is
1: that yes, the one pirates of the high tees yes such a um, good name
0: <laughs> love it so much, um, but uh, basically the the feedback is correct right that there's too much going on and there's kind of multiple games in there right now, um, mm-hmm. and but I'm stuck on two concepts one is that you need to sword fight other pirates to get the ingredients for the recipes that you wanna make. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other is that when you bake, you have to divide your attention, which I'm doing by using dice. And so you have to allocate, like I'm gonna put all of my attention dice on this recipe so I get to roll them all and take the highest, right? Versus I'm gonna try Mm -hmm. and make five things at the same time and just like whatever I roll is what I roll. And if I burn half of them, I burn half of them, right? Right, right? And I love both of these things, but they mm-hmm. are their own entire game. <laughs> and so yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm polishing both of those local maxima simultaneously. Um, and, and they may just not go together in the same game.
1: In in I think, so I think a freeing thing to remember with that is, you know, one of the, when they say kill your darlings or, you know, cut what you love, if that's what is best for the game. What they don't tell you is you can cheat that system by just putting that in another game. Um, And, you know, I mean, Michael Wasbrock and I working on um, uh, Before the Light Dies and getting stuck because this communication system is so fun and beautiful. And it was like this, we're minimizing this cool system in this game. That's dumb. And so he was like, well, you know, I mean, he he was like, this was your idea. Like, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, let's just you know i don't remember how we came upon it but i I agreed it was like we just should make it its own game so we just split the game in half took the cool part out uh because we had developed another cool part and it was just like you're describing it was like actually no it was uh it was like it was a two-player game and one person basically felt like they were being the ai for the game (laughs) the other person (laughs) felt like they were playing the game which is problematic um (laughs) when you have a two-player game and you don't bill it as one person's going to run the game for the other person. Um, because they really weren't even doing that. It kind of felt like they were just sitting there and trying to interpret the clues the person sent over. So we made it and said, okay, now we've got a game that's just about interpreting these clues, and we're gonna build from scratch the other half of this game that, to replace this. Yeah. Um and it's working. Like it's it's okay. working, you know, and we're getting two games for the price of one and um and so just remind yourself of that, you know, like what's more important to you um when it comes to a game like that. And then figure out how to cut one of those things and just use it later, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah and I I think that that's where I'm looking for that. Uh, you know, I'm about to I'm probably about to do a throw the whole kitchen sink in there on one of those, right? right? So if I can't uh-huh. bake with my dice, right, or if I can't do this uh, sword fighting for recipes, right, I need to throw a whole bunch of things at it to just sort of. Shake it loose, right? Because if I try right. an incremental change, I'm just gonna keep sliding back to the systems that I have in place. And and in mm-hmm. fact, this is sort of how I ended up here. I was trying to do this sword fight, and I was like doing all this work and doing all this tweaking, and like there was a lot of problems with uh, time between your turns, right? People were just had too much downtime. And mm-hmm. I suddenly looked at it and I was like, I just really polished an auction in this game. I remember then, when you said that. Yes.
1: You're like, this is slow because auctions are slow and this is an auction. Yeah.
0: But like, I didn't set out to make an auction. I set out to make a right. sword fight. Um, and instead auctions can I,
1: be sneaky. Like you don't always see them coming. Auctions will sneak up on you in a back alley is what happens.
0: That's what I learned. They're like the rogues of, uh, of game design here. Um, we're going to backstab <laughs> me. <laughs> Um, but you know, it also didn't make sense with the theme, right? Like why are pirates like essentially buying things? Pirates don't buy things. Like,
1: right. it's like no, they what? stab for things, right? Yeah. Um, but have I now considered have considered just really nice having...
0: for a different game.
1: <laughs> have you considered just having them sword fights, uh, while baking and just making it that way? Like you sword fight for ingredients, but you're also like sword fighting while you're baking to distract you. <laughs> i I
0: haven't done that i should i should look at that i had the distractions while you're baking was people could like fire long-range weaponry at you so you can like throw a
1: cherry bomb at you while you're baking or like shoot their
0: shoot their blunderbuss in your direction but
1: (laughs) i just picture one of those baking shows my kids were really into the show called bakedopia um where the people like run around and collect ingredients in this amazing kitchen and then try and cook but imagine if like when you were trying to collect the ingredients you were sword fighting but also yeah. you were baking things. So you were like trying to like, you know, sword fight while you were watching your oven. That's, yeah. that's stupid in a good way. I feel like.
0: <laughs> I think so, right? Because you definitely need that attention that you would be devoting to your oven. You need to, <laughs> right. you know, attend Not to your, work, right?
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is uh this has been a super fun convo about this. Yeah. Um, I would love before we're done, if you would tell me about one of your games. Uh, sure you've been working on or an idea you've got
0: yeah i figure i since we were already talking about it i might as well talk about knitting circle and uh give yeah yes give the details on that one um Mm -hmm. so knitting circle is a cozy tile placement pattern making game uh that's based on knitting uh, and the the sort of key thing in knitting or the thing you need to know about knitting for this game is that there's two basic stitches in knitting. So there's a knit stitch and a purl stitch and they are mm-hmm. the exact opposite of each other. So if you did a whole bunch of knits and then you flip your sweater inside out, it's all purl on the inside. Uh, so we're just using that tile. Um, one side is knit and one side is purl.
1: Right. I um, love that.
0: It's yeah. It And that, that breakthrough moment of figuring out the component solution. That's the thing that that's the thing that made it work. It was a nightmare before that I was using circular tokens that didn't have sidedness and you just place them to the left or the
1: right. And it, yeah, Uh, mm -hmm. people just got them. I've seen the tokens you've got now. Yeah. Better choice, better choice. (laughs) They're amazing looking.
0: (laughs) Um yeah. So you, you have to build a whole bunch, a whole wardrobe, right? There's socks mm-hmm. and there's a hat and there's a scarf and things like that. Uh, but the trick is that everything has to be uh, alternating knit, pearl knit, pearl, which is how, if you were going right, to make like right. a rib scarf, that's how you do it. You alternate your knit and pearl stitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the way we do that though, is there's a draft, right? There's a little basket mm-hmm. in the middle. It goes around. It's just a pass draft. Uh, but each, each basket that you get passed is assigned either knit or purl. So when you draft your yarn, Mm -hmm. it comes out as a knit or a purl, and it basically stays that way through the game. Uh, So the the pattern is how do you make the, or the the puzzle is how do you make these different color patterns, rainbows and stripes and, you know, symmetrical patterns and things like that, uh, when you're stuck with whatever side, whatever side it's on and whatever colors are in the basket that's in front of you. Um, mm-hmm. so it's just a it's a fun little game i keep calling it cozy i've gotten some feedback that it's perhaps not as cozy as i'd like because it's a little bit <laughs> brain burnery at times uh but i think that's a
1: probably a fine so a fine can thought. a game not be a little brain burning and be a cozy game uh, to me like a cozy game like evokes a cozy feeling and like has nice stuff in it and yeah you don't hurt each other
0: yeah so well, you definitely you want to don't call it cozy you.
1: call it cozy it's about knitting yeah. how can it not be cozy it's knitting, right? i mean it was like stabbing people with knitting needles that's not cozy but <laughs> no there's no
0: stabbing also knitting needles are really not that sharp they're they're
1: right. no but they bad. would be good for stabbing like you get somebody yeah. in the eye with that yeah. thing that's not going to cool. be great yeah yeah yeah. So, no that would be, yeah, be bad no now i'm thinking about that way too much like it's <laughs> it's not cool I read a book and this guy was doing lobotomies uh, and now that's what I'm thinking about. So, well, yeah, that's basically what they did lobotomies with is like, yeah. I mean, it was like like a knitting needle and they stuck (laughs) it into your, uh, next to your eye. Like, yeah. uh, I don't remember. Oh, it was like some science book I read where they were talking about like crazy science stuff people used to do. And there was a whole chapter about this guy and he was, he was awful. So that was cool. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was, he's the one who like,
0: Doubled down on it of like once, like other Mm -hmm. doctors were like, Yeah, we actually think this might be bad. He's like, No, 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 let me do a few more so that I can do more science to show you how good it is. Right. And he he did like like 4,000
1: of them or something like that. It was like he like toured the country and this, like, and then I read this where he like did it wrong to someone and they were starting to bleed out and he took their person who was with them into the other room and extorted them for more money to save them and i was like what yeah also in that book i learned that De- thomas edison was a monster uh and we should all hate that guy so yeah. i don't know um, as like, much thomas edison his- was God. super evil like oh. mad scientist evil killing lots of animals not cool oh. at all like oh, really just God. for giggles so um yeah so anyways thomas yeah. edison sucked just I so mean, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of badness in history Let's <laughs> That's oh not- yeah. If you listen to anything historical, it would, I listen to like a lot of like, I, I only listen to like audiobooks that are nonfiction. So I've heard a lot of history stuff. And only once did I have to actually turn it off. Cause I was like, mm, I can't do this. And it was because it was a free book I downloaded. And it was, it was like, I didn't realize it was written in like the 1800s by a guy. Oh. And so he was like, who like was living on this like cabin and like, native american territory and it was just like mm, mm, mm. the terms he used and stuff like i was like no no i got about 15 minutes into the book and i was like we're just gonna delete this one i think <laughs> like and yeah. i'll suffer through books that are not good but i was like no not this this is too much not a winner um, it wasn't i don't remember what it was called but it was it was garbage so yeah so yeah. anyways that was a that was a dour note to end on but that's cool <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, we'll go back to, so, so then you knit and you, you have, you know, eight rounds and you, you make your scarf and you make your sweater. And then the sort of uh, thing I've been going with is, you know, uh, and then you're going to go walk the runway in them. Right. So you're going to have to wear whatever you, uh, whatever you just made. So like my dream goal is, uh, you know, like in the uh, Jackbox games where you can play the game where you like design a t-shirt, like someone draws mm-hmm. a picture and someone puts words yeah, and it's yeah. together. um And then you can order that t-shirt. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. want someday you to be able to order the thing that you made a knitting circle.
1: <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> you could have like you. That's where you start your own company. You launch that business and you sell the game and then you sell knitted items that you might have made in the game. I love it. Yeah, That's a great yeah. idea.
0: Or so, maybe even just knit patterns for the knitting. Right. So if someone's like, I oh, want to. Yeah. Right. Because uh, nice. that's a digital product. Right. You don't have to ship that. You can just. Correct. Yeah. Day. Yeah. And digital yeah.
1: products uh, are the best because you don't have to pay to ship them. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty great. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm I'm super sad that I've not played it yet, but I am going to Origins. So I fully expect to be able to play it there. So you better bring it.
0: I and will. Bring a good version,
1: definitely. too. Don't bring yeah. a crappy version.
0: I'm not going to bring it. <laughs> don't I'm not bring, not your bring 18 new thing version. Thing version. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll bring I'll bring some sort of maximum. I don't know if it'll be the local or the global.
1: Uh, but yeah. that's uh, fine. I'll don't want any minimums yes <laughs> cool uh awesome well this has been super duper fun i've really enjoyed this and uh cool. thanks for coming on yeah thanks for having me it's great yeah and listeners i hope you enjoyed our conversation here if you want to get in touch with us you can go to score to wow What just the words just failed me <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us you can go to building the game podcast Dot com. There you can find a link to our Discord, also our full archive of episodes in case you've got way too much time on your hands and you're like, I need to listen to 568 old episodes. I wouldn't do that, but if you do, I would start uh, at 568 and work your way down and hope that you get bored with it before you get into the low numbers. Uh, but you can also go off emails to building the game podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Twitter at PodcastBTG. I am at JA Slingerland and Emily is at Tiandris. That is T I A N D R I S. And of course, you can keep coming back every single week. But until next time. Good night. night building the game building the game which isn't in friends which isn't in friends building the game building the game which isn't in friends which isn't in friends the end of the episode that's when it technically ends.